Welcome to the show, sports fans. This is the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, your one-stop shop for District 3 athletics week in, week out. Brandon Bainey is always joined by our Treasure Valley resident and expert, Logan Green. LG, what's going on? Hey, Brandon. Um, you know, after a busy week, month, I will say of basketball, I'm ready to be a basketball fan now. That's what I'm I'm excited for, to be honest, uh, as we ramp up with college coming down to the end here. So it's always a fun time in March. Yes, uh, you are wearing your Idaho Vandals hoodie. Uh, they were one of the first teams to fire their coach, uh, this yeah. year across division one hoops. So, uh, you know, and I, I was talking to some people about this, that, you know, some people that have been around the program and they're like, uh, he's a good guy. You know, he had some, some tough circumstances, but you know, at some point you, you got to win and you know, it's, it's tough. And I just don't know how. Uh, a couple of years ago, fantastic team the Vandals had, you know, the, the great two seed consistently in the big sky. Um, and then, and then just, just a significant cliff dropped um, as the Vandals basketball. Program. Not that that's what this podcast is for, but uh, um, you know what? You got to win. Back. They play in an ISIS arena, right? In the, in the league, the new ICCU uh, arena up there in Moscow. So uh, should be able to re- re- retain. Idaho athletes maybe to, that are going elsewhere to play basketball. You'd hope you see them play locally. Um, but that's just my selfish hopes. But uh, my, yeah, my other team is, is hopefully going to make it. My, my wolf pack will hopefully be dancing. So yeah. And we'll NC state see. at the ACC tournament got a big win yesterday. I, th- yeah. I, think, that win, I think that win yesterday puts them in honestly. I, so I always thought that today is the play in right between them. And I just don't understand. So, again, we could have another podcast Brandon about <laughs> college basketball. I don't understand how the big 12 can have all these teams that they're like, Oh, you're in when they're like six and 12 in conference, give me a break. And then Clemson is out. I, I, you know what? Like the net is hilarious. NC state wins by 20 last night, bumps Virginia tech down because they lost so much. So they lose a quad one win. That that's a conversation for a whole nother day. This is not expanding the tournament here in Idaho that it's on par with that, that net, right? It's it just, how can you, you do so well that it hurts you and anyways, anyways. Um, okay. Uh, one more college. I could talk about this all day. Everybody, you're just going to have to endure it. You've got no choice. It'll, it'll tie, it'll tie into uh, high school hoops. Watch this transition. So you want to know why the big 12 has all these sub 500 teams in league and they're going to get seven of 10 teams to, to the big dance. And it's because the league is quality and the drop off at the bottom isn't too severe where the ACC is this 15 team monolith where yeah louisville sucks florida state yeah. was awful boston college notre dame and we talk about this in high school with the sic right especially right. that 5a sic the bottom of the league and, and because it's such a large league 15 teams in the acc 13 teams in the 5a sic those bottom teams are naturally going to have you know not good records, and that's sure. going to pull the rest of the league down. I think that's what's happening in the ACC. But if you tie it in, right, okay, we've seen it now twice where a, quote, low seed from the SIC who maybe should barely be in 
goes on a run to the, to the state championship game. And, and you know what? Miami did it in the ACC last year, made a run to the Elite Eight. Carolina and Duke <laughs> yes. go to the Final Four, and the ACC is – I'm sorry, I'm an ACC homer, and I will admit it through and through, and I'm not unbiased about that at all. See, I even got my little uh, – I'm, I'm pulling it down. This was my, pro, my favorite purchase as a child, this little Chick-fil-A Wolfpack cow. They used to sell them. At the Chick-fil-A's in North Carolina growing up, you could buy whichever cow you wanted for your team. Um, nobody ever bought the Georgia Tech ones. Those were always the last one. <laughs> we don't have anybody else, but we got plenty of Georgia Tech. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm a homer. But, uh, you know, you know, and I guess that translates over to I could say I'm a SIC homer and, and you know, District 3 homer. Um, we didn't come away with anything right this week. Uh, last weekend in terms of uh, the state tournaments, um, any, any championship trophies. Uh, but there was some great performances, um, good runs in the tournament, maybe some surprising things that people did not necessarily expect to see in the tournament. Um, I mean, it starts with Meridian, right? Um, completely unexpected to see the Warriors make a run to the state championship, probably unexpected to anybody besides the Warriors themselves. Yes. Um, they come in as the number seven seed at state. They are playing Hawaii in the first round and coming in the consensus amongst fans was, Oh yeah, it's going to be Lake city and Hawaii again. And Hawaii got yeah. a lot better since they lost to them in December. And, and I'll tell you, it, it was the first game of the day. There's something about that noon game at state. Yeah. It's yeah. It's hard for teams to shake off the cobwebs and to the point where it got down to the end and a why he has the ball in regulation in a tie ball game with about two minutes to go. And this was such an uncharacteristic thing that I saw because all year a why he has been the aggressor. They've been the team dictating the tempo, dictating right. the flow to other teams. They held the ball for the final two minutes of regulation. Now they had, a timeout sprinkled in there to drop the play, but basically why he held it for one final shot. They missed a three from the corner. It went to overtime and in overtime Meridian had, despite, <laughs> despite being on defense for more than two minutes, yeah. Meridian had all the momentum. Why he, I thought by stalling late in the game, totally took them out of their rhythm and they were already out of their rhythm a little bit, because if you look back in the, into that fourth quarter, they, they hadn't hit a field goal, a shot from the field since around the six, seven minute mark of the fourth quarter. Beyond that, all of their scoring came at the foul line as they were in the bonus. And so I just thought of why he was totally out of rhythm in that game. And Meridian seized the day, seized the opportunity. Yeah. And it was a great win for the Warriors and, and a why he, you know, rebounded to win the consolation trophy and coach Andy Harrington, you know, says, you know, it's not the, it's not the trophy we wanted. It's not the game we wanted to be in, but I'm proud of the way my guys rebounded and refocused and, and they certainly did. But man, for, for a state opener at five, a overtime win for Meridian can't ask for a better way to start. No, yeah, and then they they follow it up with a win against Mountain View. Who, I mean, a lot of people were looking at that Mountain View Hawaii, uh, you know, round three matchup where it could, you know, go it could go either way. Um, and those were the two teams I think coming in that people thought could push Lake City. Um, Meridian uh, did a decent job there in the first half. They led for you know significant portions against Lake City. 
in that championship game kind of just ran out of gas there at the end. Um, but kudos to them for making that run. I mean, that you know, the, and that's the thing about the SIC that, that I've always thought is that, yeah, while you've got maybe a cliff that drops, like you said, with the ACC, um, some of, you know, those middle of the pack teams are still good. You know, they're just dealing with very good teams at the top, like Hawaii, like Mountain View. And then for girls like Boise, like Rocky Mountain, you know, they're, they're just having to deal with everybody else, right. Uh, that's competing and uh, Meridian gets it done, right. They get a, on a roll at the right time and make it to the state championship. Very reminding, or I can't, I can't get the word out. Very reminiscent. There it is of a centennial last year, right. Who also made a unexpected role to a state championship appearance. Yes. Uh, it was a great tournament for district three overall mountain view takes home the third place trophy. Why he takes home the consolation trophy. Uh, the second place trophy goes to Meridian and an Eagle also played really well. You know, Eagle almost beat Madison in the opening yeah. round. They had a shot at the game tying three Landon white. His, his three fell short in that bounced Eagle uh, to the consolation side where they had to play a why he in that consolation final um and and for meridian i thought really they just were unafraid they just were never afraid of any opponent they played a why he significant size advantage right with especially you know uh, rasmussen kind of anchoring the yeah. middle there mountain view or excuse me meridian didn't care they, they took it to the basket and that allowed them to then kick it out to shooters um and they hit a lot of perimeter shots for sure same thing with mountain view uh mountain view had the size advantage. It wasn't as pronounced, um, but Mountain View's problem was is they couldn't get anything inside. Meridian completely shut it off and and forced Mountain View to take shots from the outside. Um, and b- by the way, Mountain View, great opening round win over Timberline. Logan Housefight, yeah. the freshman, you know, banks in the game-winning runner from the lane with like 1.7 seconds to play. And so... Uh, Mountain View, a good win there. Um, and then in the championship, even Meridian continued to be unafraid despite playing big, bad Lake City. The guy who best represents Meridian and their attitude to me is Nate Reynolds, the all state linebacker who is kind of the de facto center for the team, you know, despite right. being six foot two. But I'll tell you what, he pushed around Blake Buchanan, who's, you know, nine inches taller than him from Lake City, and he pushed around. Um, you know, Dawson wall from mountain view, who's got two inches on him. And so Mm -hmm. that fearlessness to me was really impressive. Yeah. And you know, they, not only that, but, uh, they shot the ball well there in that state championship game, maybe the best shooting performance of the year, right. In that first half, they were lights out. Uh, they just could not miss. And they were, you know, I think there was people in the stands saying, what's going on. And, and, you know, the 4A game was completely full, right? And there was a lot of people that stayed for that game and it was, it was packed. And I think a lot of people were like, well, you know, I'll check this out for 10 minutes and wait for Lake city to, to roll. And then I'll, and then I'll leave. And that it didn't happen. Um, Lake city pulls away in the end, but it's not till that middle, you know, late in the third quarter, beginning of the fourth where that any sort of separation occurs, and, uh, you know, it, it, what a great environment, though, for that championship game um, for everybody. I think that's the fullest I've seen it, um, even down to the 2A level. There was a lot of people there. Uh, 3A, that place was, I don't know, 75% full. And then the 4 and 5A, uh, you couldn't find a seat. So kudos to everybody in the Treasure Valley that, to, that turned out for those games and around the state who came in to watch. 
Yeah, it was a lot of fun to to watch, certainly. And so congrats to all the five ASIC teams as they take three of the four trophies home from state. Uh, you mentioned the 2A uh, state tournament. I think that's the next biggest story where Melba was attempting to defend its 2A state crown. Uh, came into the championship game unbeaten on the year, but Bear Lake said we don't really care about that. And Bear Lake ends up winning. Um, I wasn't there for that game, Logan, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear so, what you thought uh, about it. So you talked about the uh, why he's stalling, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm ready for a shot clock, Brandon. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready. Um, I was extremely frustrated <laughs> during that game, and I'm sure it's not Melba. I, I'm sure all the Bear Lake people can rag on me all you want, um, and that's okay. I'll take it. But uh, Melba was up 10, right, at halftime. And Bear Lake came out real hot in the second half, and they made a lot of baskets. Um, Melba went cold. Uh, they they were struggling to make shots, struggling to hit stuff. Bear Lake took advantage. They take a lead. Now they, they took a lead, uh, you know, third quarter, beginning of the fourth, and it was around the five-minute mark of the fourth quarter. They were up, I don't know, six, eight, somewhere in there, Bear Lake was, and they stalled. They stalled, and, and they held the ball for a minute and a half each possession at least. And I get it. I get it. I get the, the thought of, well, then you go in and you take the ball away, that that's the thought from people. If you want it, go take it. But this is not football where you can say, all right, guys, we're going to stack the box and we're going to blitz and we're going to stop them on three consecutive plays and we are going to get the ball back. There is no guarantee that you will. They could hold it for five minutes. There is no guarantee, right? You you, you eventually have to foul, and but they don't have to do anything. They did not have to shoot. It's it's different. You can't just go in and reach and steal the ball every time, right? You know, if you want to play a clean game, it's just not the same, right? You're going to get called for fouls if you try to reach in and, and yank that thing away. Um, you know, and, and for me, I wasn't broadcasting it. I was there more of a as a fan, right? As a fan, as a uh, no dog in the fight type thing. But man, it was very frustrating to see that, and that just from a fan perspective that. All right, guys, we've got a lead with five minutes to go. Let's just stop. And I just don't like that. There's no incentive for anybody to do anything. And that's going to end, right? With the shot clock, that's going to end. And you're going to have to put it up. You're going to have to get – guess what, Brandon? You're, you're going to have to do – you're going to have to play basketball. You're going to have to go out and you're going to have to attempt to score the basketball and continue as you go and not just say, you know what, let's just let's just call it good. And continue on. I get it. It's part of the game. You got to play to what you've got here at the high school right now. There's no shot clock, so yeah. you play to win the game. And if that's the way you want to win it, fine. Sure, be so be it. But you know, after this, if if anybody's going to play college ball, that doesn't happen. It it doesn't. Uh, there's a shot clock. And so again, I'm not trying to. They did what they did needed to do to win. Congratulations. I mean, you did it. That's great coaching. That's great on them to be able to hold. It takes skill to hold the ball, right? And then eventually, if you need to foul, you've got to make your free throws. And they, they did everything they needed to do to win. There's, I'm not taking away anything from Bear Lake there. I just, as a fan, was a little frustrated in watching that, saying there's, there's no incentive here to, to play basketball. Like, right? You know, that's just my thought. If it's wrong, fine. If it's right, great. Like that's just that's just my opinion. Uh, I'm excited to see that shot clock come into play because I think it's gonna it's going to let the better basketball teams win games. That is not to say that 
Bear Lake was not the better basketball team. That's not what I'm saying at all, at all. Like, they played great. That second half was phenomenal by them. But I think going forward, you're, you, you have to play basketball, right? It's not going to be, all right, can I, can I hold a ball for two and a half minutes and, you know, maybe get a lead and then stall it out? So, all right, Logan's monologue is now over. I'll step off the soapbox. But uh, that was just one thing that frustrated me in that 2A game. And, and you know, Melbo was clearly frustrated just in the second half overall. Just really struggled to make a basket. Just struggled um, down the stretch. And it, it's unfortunate to see the season in that way for a local team. Um, just, just right there on the edge of, of going back to back. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I didn't do any regular season SIC games, but, uh, the five, a level didn't, didn't they use the shot clock? They did. They did. And honestly, it was never an issue for any SIC game. I did girls or boys. It almost, we rarely saw any shot clock violations and it was maybe on a possession where the defense forced it. Um, the teams weren't lurking, looking to stall the ball. And, and that was, and maybe that was because the shot clock was there. Yes. And they say, all right, I'm not going to stall. I'm just going to play basketball. And I thought it was great. I mean, it never came into my mind ever until state. That was the first time this year watching basketball where I was like, man, this is frustrating. And maybe because it was, we watched, I personally watched that all season long, um, at least at the 4 a.m., 5 a SIC level where, you know, a lot of teams were playing with a shot clock. So, yeah. And that's uh, to circle back to the Hawaii thing. That's why it made it all the more perplexing to me because they had played with a shot yeah. clock all and had been geared towards, okay, you know, we've got 30 seconds to score and they just completely went the opposite way. And the players aren't used to that. You know, they've been playing a different way all year. So I, anyways, uh, very interesting exercise there. And you're right next year, shot clock will be here and it'll be a good thing. The better. Yeah. And, and I really do. I think it'll be good because I mean, I know there's teams like I look back at the girls tournament that I did a or not a excuse me, Oakley use that to their advantage, stalling and holding Lapway and, and, you know, really just, not having to score so quickly, I think in a, in a run and gun game, that's a different outcome, honestly. Um, and, and, you know, it's going to disadvantage some teams like that, but at the end of the day, the, the better basketball teams, I think are going to come out on top. Yep. I completely agree with you there. Uh, you were personally on the call for the three, a state tournament, Logan, where, uh, the teams from district three, like Homedale, Homedale went two and out, right. Yep, Which was did. surprising. Um, but Fruitland really, uh, yeah. And and if we start with the Homedale really quick, yeah. um, they were, they're a team that I thought could, could surprisingly make a run. I just, I thought that they had the pieces and that's not to say they didn't. Uh, Snake River was just, it's just a good team. They're tall and lanky and Homedale really struggled with that. There's really no big man uh, down low. Elijah, Elijah Joyner is, is their closest thing to a big man, but Snake River just had three guys that were bigger than him that didn't even play the post. Right. And, and so it just, just a, just a mismatch to be completely honest. There was nothing skill wise there. They then lost uh, a great game to Buell. Buell came in and they were pretty good. Like, I think a lot of people thought they were going to go two and out. I, I think I personally did too, but I was impressed by Buell and what they were able to do. Jackson Dines had a shot at the buzzer to win it. Uh, it, Great setup. They inbounded with only about three seconds left and got a good look at it. Just could not hit the shot at the horn. Um, but if we flip over to Fruitland, that was a team that they came to play. 
and they were they were pushing Teton around, who had a clear size advantage. I mean, it was visibly noticeable at almost every position that Fruitland was way smaller than Teton. And uh, it went to overtime. Teton actually, or Fruitland had a shot to win it there in regulation. Couldn't get it to go, so it went to overtime. But I tell you, Fruitland had some great ball players showed out. Like Eddie Rodriguez, that's probably one of the funnest basketball players I have seen in recent memory. He was fun to watch. He was on for that Teton game. Uh, played well. And then, you know, going to the next round, they, they knock off Kimberly. And then they knock off Buell. And win the consolation prize, but uh, Fruitland was fun. Luke Baranaga, fun to watch. You know, he's a great basketball player, uh, just a great person overall. I think he had uh, talking to the coaches beforehand. He's going to Notre Dame to do business there. He's probably going to be the valedictorian. He started the chess club at the school, like he just does everything. Um, and he had some huge plays in that game against Kimberly that they won. Um, you know, Zane Bidwell played well for Fruitland as well. Uh, they, they just played really well. I was very impressed with them. Um, if they had gotten the next round game against Sugar, I, I think that they could have also pushed them. Um, again, the size advantage for Homedale and Fruitland, both very noticeable compared to the Eastern Idaho teams. And, and one thing that I, I think, um, and Lance Taylor talked about this, um, there's just a different style of play around the state, right? Um, it's more finesse over here in the Treasure Valley. I feel like, that, in my opinion, you know, it's more, uh, it's more like that. Eastern Idaho, it's physical, right? They could call 100 fouls in a game, but they usually don't because that's just the way it is. And and for spe specifically for Bonner's Ferry, I think it took them some time to adjust to that against Snake River and say, "Whoa, you guys are going to push us around." All right, we got to. We got to figure out how to react to this, and it took them time. They eventually caught back up and, and figured that out. But, um, but back to Fruitland, I, I, they were good. They were fun to watch. They had a chance to win that game against Teton. Probably should have had it there at the buzzer. Um, but congratulations to them to finish out their season strong. I was just very impressed with Fruitland this week. Yeah, as you were talking about Fruitland, <clears throat> you know what popped into my head, Logan? It was something you and I both witnessed last spring, where at the three A state yeah, baseball oh, right. tournament. Fruitland kind of came in. They came in as the number seven seed. People weren't giving them much of a chance to do anything. They played Kimberly, the yeah, two seed. Right. Uh, Fruitland got all the way to the championship game. And honestly, you know, a handful of plays away from, from possibly winning. They, they were that, the only ones to do anything to Marsh Valley. I think yeah. didn't Marsh Valley 10 run Bonner Sherry in the first round and then 10 run Sugar Salem in the second round. Yeah. Something like that. And then, uh, Interesting, almost the same exact field, right? At state yeah. baseball, that was at state basketball, almost not exactly, right. uh, but but pretty close. Um, and yeah, it just they they've got good athletes at Fruitland. They always do. Um, you know, I think back a couple of years ago, they didn't do great in the conference in football. They were like three and seven or something like that. Went on the road in the first round and absolutely destroyed Kimberly in the first round. Um, in a game that nobody thought they had a chance to win. And I mean, they were better as, so, you know, you look at Fruitland and just say, uh, they're going to continue to put athletes out on the field, no matter what sport it is. Girls soccer is another example, right. Of just, uh, good performances all around for them. Very good coaching at Fruitland as well, uh, across the board. So, um, yeah. okay, let's talk, let's talk one AD two hoops here real quick. And I want to divert for just a second, uh, at state across the board um 
95% of the fans, parents, spectators were awesome. Excellent. There was 5% though. That was, it was bad. It was, it was to me, Logan, I've been doing this for three years now in Idaho. To me, fan behavior was the worst I've ever seen at state. Yep. I, I saw one for the girls game. I'm not, it wasn't even a tournament that I was calling personally. I was just there for a game in the midst and it was, it was, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed for the players. I was embarrassed for anybody there. I was kept turning around having to say, what do you, I mean, I never said anything to him, but it's like, guys, are you, do you hear what's coming out of your mouth right now? Like this is, this, these are kids playing Uh, just, but like you said, generally everybody's okay, but it's those few bad apples that just make it leave a, a poor taste in your mouth. So so Lucas Gebhardt and I were broadcasting the 5A championship game and the Lake City fans were sitting behind us. Um, and there was a, a foul called right before the end of the third quarter and you know, 50-50 call and went against Lake City and uh, a fan from Lake City. So so to give people an idea, we're broadcasting courtside, right, at, at the Idaho Center. And then probably, I don't know, five feet behind five feet, us yeah. is, a, is a metal barrier, right, that separates us from the crowd. And there was a guy from Coeur d'Alene cheering for Lake City who leaned over the metal barrier, in, 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 in my mind, invaded our space. Oh, it's like not that. even there, – there's, there's about five feet from the bleachers to our seats. Yes. And then in the middle of that is the barrier. So the barrier is only like two feet from where we're at. And so right. – if anybody's leaning over that, they have encroached your space. There, he he leaned into our space, is yelling at the referee expletives. I'm sure our broadcast picked it up. I mean, you could probably hear him through our headsets uh, to the point where we took a break for the end of the third quarter, and Lucas got up and turned around to the guy and said, "Hey, everything you just said went out over the air and and knock it off." And the guy said, "Good, I'm glad." He sat down and shut up after that. I think he kind of realized that he probably had crossed the line there um and that to me was the most egregious example but it was you know every classification across the board fan decorum's got to get better because we're losing referees we're losing coaches knock it off if you're one of those parents that's there just hooting and hollering shut up and sit down and watch the game yeah seriously there was a lot of it in our tournament i there was one game in particular where there was a call at the towards the end of the game that somebody did not like or appreciate and man, it was it was just not good. And just, I mean, I had to take a shower afterwards. I was getting spit on all game because at Meridian you sit on the floor too, and everybody's yelling at you. And uh, it just it just it makes you uncomfortable. Like as a, you know, if you're there, right, and you're in it, and you're the one that's yelling, you, I don't think I, I think you're you're so tunnel visioned, right? And just step back. Like it's it, it's on. It's embarrassing. Like, yeah. and it's awkward to sit there and have to take that in. And if I was a fan of a team and somebody was doing that, it, it looked all of a sudden it looks bad on me, right? Uh, as a fan of that school, if somebody else hears that, a, a third party says, man, all those, I'll use my high school so that I'm not singling out. All those Northern Durham fans, they're the worst. You know, they're always, you know, they're always screaming at people and yelling. And, and I, as a Northern Durham fan, was sitting over here, had nothing to do with it, but it was John's dad over here that was screaming. But then I get lumped into it. So not only that, you're, you're forcing this image on other fans of your school that want nothing to do with that. So like yeah. you said, Brandon, just, just stop. Just stop. And, 
and before anybody thinks I'm just singling out Lake City and picking on Lake City, I just that was my personal experience. Yeah. And I bet I bet I could talk to every single broadcaster no, yes. at IdahoSports.com and they would be able to say, yes, this school, this school. It was across the board. So I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just my personal experience was with yeah. Lake City. And, and and the experience I told you about it, it at the girls tournament, it was a team that I have covered a dozen times over my time here and always had great experiences with know the coach as well, have talked to them, you know, outside of this. And I just was like, really guys? And and that's why I think that surprised me is because I feel like I knew their fan base a little bit better and, and expected more. And anyways, I guess you could go on all day about it, but uh, you know, just, just be better. I think that's the, that's the story. <laughs> Sorry. One more tangent. This, this extends to social media as well. You know, we, we posted a lot of content on social media throughout the course of state basketball. And instead of using, you know, like recaps of our games to go, oh, that was a great win for this team. You know, I, I had fans from schools that weren't even at state. And I, you know what? I'll call them out because it's public. You can you can see it yeah. on our Facebook page. Uh, you know, a rugby fan got on and said, you know, Highland lost to Lake city pretty lopsidedly in the first round. Oh, I guess Highland can't win when they don't have the refs in their back pocket. Like they did at districts. And it's like, honestly, Rigby, like if you had gone to state, like the same thing probably would have happened. Would have happened. And, and, and like, who cares? Your team's not at state. Like, why are you even commenting on that? I saw it at a, at the opposite level, one AD two, where a castle Ford parent got on and said, I wasn't too impressed with Grace, even though they beat us in the third place game. We were just spent from holding Lapway to a season low in points. And Grace was like, uh, yeah, you know, we had to play a semifinal two against the eventual champions. And that didn't I seem did that game. Us. Grace was just way better. Yeah. I'll be honest. You want to hear it? Castle Ford? That's what happened. They were really good. It's funny, though. Uh, Coach Harrington from Hawaii, he came and sat down with Castle Ford and even – even that couldn't help him out. Grace is just big and Castleford wasn't. So it's kind of funny to hear that side. <laughs> you see what you want to see, right? Uh, you see what you want to see. But, and, you know, we get those comments too about us on social media and it always makes you feel nice, right? When people, like, I think back, we did, we, me and Brandon, for all you out there and you don't know, we spent all day at a cross country meet in the blazing sun with smoke, we were breathing in all day only to have one comment on social media say, that sucked. And it's like, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Um, I just like, if you don't got anything nice to say, just just don't say it. It's just doesn't do anybody any favors. I, yeah. You know? And it's like, it's like, just, just take the time to uh, say, congratulations to grace they played a great game i'm disappointed we lost instead of yeah eh, i wasn't that impressed like i don't know i just <laughs> anyways and again it's all public you can see it on our facebook page idahosports.com so it's all there um all right now i got off <laughs> topic talking about fan decorum because i wanted to bring it back to the 1a d2 logan because i was on the call for the 1a d2 third place game between council and cascade third time they had played that year it was at caldwell high school and basically at caldwell high where we broadcast it's in the top row of the bleachers. Mm-hmm. And I was I was in amongst the, the Cascade fans. And you might be thinking, oh man, here he goes. He's gonna tee it up. No, they were great. I had a great time with the with the Cascade fans. They were polite, they were respectful. So I wanted to single out Cascade and their fan base specifically for being great sports about it. You know, they didn't even win the game. Council won the game. Right. And the whole time Cascade fans stayed positive, cheered on their team. There wasn't anything. 
bad towards the officials or towards council as a team. Like if you want to look at an example of how to, how to act at a game, you know, talk to the people in cascade, because as I was literally in the middle of their fan section broadcasting, I thought they did a tremendous job. Yeah. And you know, it's funny cascade. I, um, I had to eat crow on the phone with some of them over the past week. I called one of the businesses up there for, they, they always like to do a sponsorship during the cascade games. And, uh, and uh, she she came out and said, "You said we would lose." So, um, Kathy, if you're listening, I I I've been telling people about that all week that you, you called me out on it, and I'm here to eat it. And I ate it right there on the phone with Kathy um, from uh, Cascade Auto. But um, that was funny. They I mean they 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 were just a team that got hot at the end of the season and and went on a roll. And every, I've done lots of Cascade games over the years, and like you said, they always just have a good group of people at their events. Yeah, so uh, nicely done for Cascade. Nicely done for Council as well, winning that third place game. Um, that was a hard fine win for them, and and Council looked good for sure. And it as did Cascade. So that's going to put a wrap on our state basketball coverage and and our winter sports coverage here at IdahoSports.com as we get ready to transition to the spring sports season. Logan, usually when we're we're transitioning from one season to another, we take a week off from the podcast, kind of decompress allow a couple of spring results to roll in. And especially in like in the treasure Valley, you know, weather isn't a huge problem, but like in East Idaho, North Idaho, magic Valley, there's nothing's happening because there's too much sure. snow too yeah. much snow on the ground. So there's not really anything to talk about. So if it's cool with you, we'll just take next week yep. off and then we'll come back in two weeks and kind of dive into spring sports stuff. Yeah. Even here. I mean, it's, it's snowed every day for like 10 straight days. Now it's different. It hasn't stuck to anything. It snows like half an inch and then it melts. But even then it's like yesterday it snowed, like it like was a whiteout for like 10 minutes and then it went away. It was crazy. It was really weird, but, uh, yeah, and you know we're recording this on Thursday, March 9th. I'll, I will give a quick spring sports shout out. Shout out to the Fruit Fruitland uh, softball team. They did defeat Marcine last night in their season opener. Uh, Marcine uh, softball coach Courtney Ford uh, basically said, "Yeah, the game was called in the fifth inning because it started to snow, and um, you know Fruitland had the lead, so Fruitland got a, a yeah. shortened win." <laughs> yeah, it was like a. It was crazy. It was just like absolute whiteout for like 15 minutes and then it went away. Yeah. Uh, funny, but yeah, sounds good. And we'll, uh, you know, get into baseball. So we've, we've already gotten one baseball email. Somebody emailed in to me and you Brandon. I don't know if you saw it amidst all of the stuff, but, um, we got a lot of feedback from baseball last year from fans. So if you've got something you want us to talk about with baseball, just send us that email again, because I thought it was great last year. We got so many, people writing in that we had a lot to talk about specifics down to players, you know, yes. things like that. Um, so if you've got something that you want us to talk about, just send us an, e an email again and, and we'll, we'll make sure we discuss it. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> baseball, softball, tennis, track and field, any sport, uh, golf for the smaller schools. I know Cole Valley Christian's got some really good golfers. Yeah. So if you, yeah, if there's a team an athlete, a story you want us to cover, especially in the spring, because there's a lot going on and it's hard for us to have it all on our radar. Uh, unfortunately, spring sports often get neglected compared to fall and winter sports. And we want to change that. So if there is a story team athlete spring sports specific that you want us to talk about, you can send either one of us an email, Brandon at IdahoSports.com, Logan 
at idahosports.com and we would be happy to, to talk about it so yeah 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 let us know all right well until then thanks for tuning into the treasure valley prepcast everybody we'll see you back here in two weeks yeah and let us Green. know if you want us to if you want a brandon logan college basketball podcast as well we'll be <laughs> all over it that's extra gravy on top yeah that's uh you want a bonus <laughs> college hoops march madness breakdown we'll fill out our brackets <laughs> we'll and, do. So that would be kind of fun to do yeah. a maybe we should do that can we just do an idaho there's no money on the line just an idaho sports bracket pool with around the state we'll have to talk about that that would be kind of fun but. i think i think we've done it in the past but yeah that's one we'll have to run up the flagpole to corporate and <laughs> yeah to corporate <laughs> well, we'll see if it we'll see if it passes see how that goes but uh thanks for tuning to the treasure rally prep cast everybody for logan green i'm brandon bainey and we'll see you next time on idahosports.com <laughs>